Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kevin Johnson program. Of course, I am your host, Kevin Johnson, and this is episode nine. As always, you can find us on SoundCloud, Anchor, as well as Google Play under Kev John Pro. We're also on YouTube as well. So I don't do long introductions, so I'm going to introduce our guest for episode nine. And he goes by the name of Byron Lutz. So, welcome, Byron, to the program. Yes, I go by my real name. Is that funny? <laughs> well, it's spelled L-U-T-Z, so I'm sure that uh, you get a lot of Lutz, but it is Lutz. That's right. That's correct, yeah. Yes, yes. So, uh, just wanted to give a, a little brief, we'll give a little brief introduction. Uh, Byron is the producer of the Miami affiliate of a network, a viral network called Balcony TV. And how I came across Byron is that with Balcony TV, like I said, it's a viral network powered by YouTube that does live performance videos of independent musicians, domestic and internationally. This goes back about 11 years, however, uh, Byron started the Miami affiliate about, I want to say, what, it hasn't been like three three years now? It's uh, October will be our fifth anniversary. Fifth anniversary, wow, wow. Well, once again, Byron uh, is the producer, so he and his team recruit the musicians, the bands that are mostly based here in the southeastern region of Florida. And it is the Miami affiliate. Like I said, they do have affiliates in North America as well as other uh, places uh, internationally. So Byron, uh, can you give us a, a brief synopsis of like how Balcony TV got started and the crux of Balcony TV? Once again, it's once again it's to, it's supposed to spotlight and support independent musicians. Yeah, it, it features mostly entertainers from that area. Although you know, it's often people that swing through. You know, people on tour. Right. Um, but they're independent musicians, and when we when we talk about the word indie music, a lot of people are not, not really sure what that means. But what it does mean is that they're not signed to a major label. Mm-hmm. Independent at that point, right? And these days, sometimes it's better to be independent. Sometimes you don't want to be with a major label because they can clip your wings. Of course, of course. But uh, this is also like how um, 
people like uh, the British musicians like Ed Sheeran and Jesse J. You will see past videos of them on Balcony TV before they got larger. Yeah, when Ed Sheeran was first on Balcony TV, he was a 17-year-old kid, mm-hmm. a little bit raw. Mm-hmm. You know, started to play around the United Kingdom, and he did an episode of Balcony TV Dublin at the time. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happened with uh, Mumford & Sons, if you watch their video. Right, I did. You'll, you'll see their... Uh, a lot of shy kids, right? They're very young, shy. They're like, they haven't had exposure. They had no idea when they filmed that show, Balcony TV, at that at that moment, that one day they'd be one of the biggest acts, you know, in the world. Mm-hmm. And how did you, because I know that your background um, from what we started, and full disclosure, um, like I said, I came across Byron and Balcony TV by just watching their uh, clips on YouTube. And uh, we've worked together uh, to recruit uh, some of the talent through Conundrum Stages to be on Balcony TV. But your your background is a journalistic background, correct? Yeah, I, I, I was in journalism for quite a few years. But I actually saw Balcony TV on the internet when I approached them to do the Miami show, I was actually down in Argentina at oh, the time. Okay. Uh, uh, doing some stuff there. And I saw the show and said, wow, that's a really fun show. That's a lot of good energy. Mm-hmm. Local bands, they're all in a little balcony. They're all playing their local music. And uh, who knows where they might go from there, right? I just like the energy of it. Just, uh, you know, I'm, so, I'm sort of an energy vampire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> young people are playing music and you can suck the energy out of them with their optimism and their excitement about where they're going and the tunes they've written and trying to get it out before the public and it's a continuing struggle for anybody in the arts whether you're a painter or a musician or a dancer or theater which is your background Mm -hmm. uh, to try to get seen and get your message across and uh, get an audience Right, right. So how did you propose to Balcony TV that you felt, I, I'm, and I'm sure that you must have felt that Miami or the Miami market was a viable market to be shown on Balcony TV? How did you propose you know, well, that? You know, uh, Miami's a huge music market. And you might not think so, but, you know, we've got in the Miami metropolitan statistical area, I even said that word wrong, uh, we've got about 7 million people, maybe more than that now, going from, you know, Homestead up to, uh, you know, Martin County even, uh, St. Lucie County, and that's that greater South Florida area, there's a tremendous amount of bands here, it's one of the few places in the country where a musician can actually make a living playing music. Mm-hmm. Here in L.A., you want to play in a club, you have to pay to play. Mm. Pay them to play often, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, here, part of the secret is bringing the crowd, bringing people into the venue, because most people don't make their living from doing festivals. They make their living from playing uh, local restaurants and bars and coffee houses and things like that, right? Right. And then the occasional, uh, you know, South Florida has a big scene with 
local communities will have like a Friday night band shell where they have local music being played. Uh, little street festivals that are here all over the place. Sunfest, where uh, we've found a lot of people that have appeared on Sunfest that were local. Mm-hmm. But again, like when you put when you put this portfolio together, like how did you set it up so then Balcony TV or the powers that be uh, said that yes, uh, you can spotlight Miami or you can use you can use us for the Miami market. Yeah, well, at that moment, uh, Balcony TV was independent. It wasn't owned by anybody else. It was just Stephen O'Regan, the founder. And they were look, really looking for more cities that would have music to contribute to the show. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, we don't have a Balcony TV Chicago. I'm sure they'd love one. Uh, there's no Balcony TV Boston. There's no Balcony TV Seattle. Mm. So they were looking for major cities that they could bring into the uh, into the network. I mean, they had Tokyo. I think uh, South Africa was already online. They had a couple cities in uh, perhaps uh, Italy and Spain. Uh, Toronto was online then. Uh, places like that. So there's, I think, Tokyo, North Coast. South Korea, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now we have, I think, Delhi or Mumbai, um, which produces uh, Delhi produces some pretty good music, by the way. Mm. And so, so it's sort sort of fun to go on and see uh, what's happening in other, you know, other countries. Definitely. A lot of them were the the uh, the interview in the intro was done in a foreign language. Yes. And yet, sometimes the music will be sung in English. Uh, right, so, right, know, right. English sort of runs things around the world. Yeah, yeah. So when you do shoot, um, it's it's a family affair actually, because of course you run the camera, and your son Ian he uh, mixes the sound. So yeah, right now he doesn't always mix, but he does a recording. Okay. And uh, mixes uh, a lot of it. Okay. Um, and occasionally, you know, when he's not a we've had other people do it. Okay. But but he's been the mainstay. We're gonna lose him. He's moving to New Orleans uh, next month. Oh well, congratulations to him. And, and is is there a balcony TV New Orleans? I I I figure that there should be. Excuse me. Is there a balcony TV New Orleans? Okay. Uh, but Mike, very well. You know, I've, I've met with the uh, the former producer of Balcony TV New Orleans. Uh, okay. And uh, it, it's sort of a community. You know, the producers, when they travel to cities that have a Balcony TV show, usually you try to hook up with those uh, those other producers and their crews and share stories and so forth. Right. Right. Learn a little bit about the local music market every place, because every place is different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, if you're going to do Balcony TV Kentucky, uh, most of their shows are country and bluegrass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here in Miami, you've got a wide range. You can range from electronic to hip-hop to uh, folk singers to country uh, to, you know, garage bands to punk. Right. To soul. Mm-hmm. 
pretty much run the complete gamut because it's so diverse, you know, in our in our area. Right, right. So, um, how how long? Well, I should know that. I should know part of this, but like for instance, how like how long does it usually take? Like a normal setup for say a band uh, to do. Uh, a video to do a live performance video because talk about you know sometimes we'll shoot you know our record was seven shows in one day and that was because of you you brought it seven <laughs> do you remember that yes 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 yeah, you brought in seven people so we had to and we were only out there for maybe eight hours so we had maybe nine hours at the most so it's you know it's about an hour per Per band, and then you've got you So what was the most, well, this base, this runs into the question, what was the most difficult uh, shoot that you've done thus far and for the past four it's or five? difficult, you know, the, the big enemy of microphones is rain, rain and wind. Mm-hmm. We've always filmed outside, so that's always the challenge. Uh, the, you know, when we start getting some rain, you know, microphones don't like it. You know, neither, neither do amps. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with uh, wind. When wind comes through, you have to be careful about that wind hitting the microphone and getting those sounds. And you, you can maybe strip out some of it in post, but it's pretty tough, you know. Right. Right. Get it really, really clean. Those are two things. And then uh, for the camera, the problem is uh, uneven light, where you have clouds that come over. So you're you're filming something as bright sunlight, and suddenly a cloud comes over, and everybody's dark. Yeah. The camera can't adjust that fast. Right. Uh, no matter what you do, you just can't adjust quick enough so that it looks smooth. Mm-hmm. Now, those are the those are problems. Other than that, sometimes it's uh, uh, you know, you're you're struggling with the light, you're struggling with the wind, you're struggling with the rain, and then the the performer feels stressed and can't remember his lyrics or or you know, screws up his intro or doesn't like the uh, interview he did because he said something stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, that, have you ran in? I'm sure you've run into difficult performers with their um, either laissez faire or diva attitude. You know what? Surprisingly, almost none. Almost none. Almost occasionally you get somebody that's got a little, he's got a little bit of an attitude, but usually it works out. For the most part, the incredible thing about musicians is that they're optimistic. Yeah. You know, they're out there to play their music. They're excited about what they're doing. Not too many are control freaks in that way. Mm-hmm. Once in a while you get somebody, but almost never. And never has it been such a great problem. It couldn't It couldn't happen or really, really uh, shut things down. Right. No one's ever stormed off. Right, um, right. In fact, they're never even close. Well, you, you've been on the set. Usually people are happy. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's it. And when we film, we try to make it as fun as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're there to have fun. Right. You know, we're not doing it because we're making you know uh, two hundred thousand dollars a year shooting balcony TV. We're doing it because it's fun. And that is one of the things that um, we go into because you don't necessarily get a salary doing this. You're mostly doing this for a labor of love. Yeah, we, we get, we do get income from Sony. It's not a lot. It covers expenses and a few other little things, right? Because you're always having to buy more, more equipment and things break down and there's other expenses. Um, you know, you know, promotion the videos and so forth like that. But it's not a real lot. Mm-hmm. So once the video goes up, when it's uploaded, it's usually up to the band in order to promote it. Because, of course, Balcony TV has its channels. Of course, I'm sure that you have your channels as well. But it's really up to that artist themselves in order to share it, in order to pump up the views, correct? Yeah, that's what gets the views pumped up, you know. You know, if a band doesn't promote, they may only get a few hundred views, maybe, a, you know, 500 at the most if they're not promoting. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they promote and they're getting popular and people are looking for their music, then they can pop over, you know, two or 3,000, up to 10,000, more than that depends on, depends on the band. Right, right. And you have this, uh, or Balcony TV has this uh, thing called... Um, something something of the month because of the the most views in a in a month what is it called views uh they'll do a video of the month and often what that is is they'll do a poll with the producers around the world okay and each one you can't vote on your own show but you have to vote for another show okay and they'll pick the ones they think were the most engaging performances for that month and then at the end of the year, they'll do a wrap-up of those top shows, and they'll vote again on the one they think was the best show of the year. Okay. And one for 217 was the Miami show. Right? It was a, a band called Spider Cherry. Okay. The one thought was the best video of the, uh, I don't know, how many, the three, three to 5,000 videos, I guess 3,000 videos that were filmed that year. They thought Spider Cherry was the one that was the best, yeah. Hmm. Now, another thing that you also have to look into when you do these live performance videos is location, because the subtitle of Balcony TV is music with a view. So I remember when you started, um, most of your videos took place at the Hard Rock Cafe in downtown Miami. And then... Right. Time, Miami, the Hard Rock Cafe at Miami Bayside was very, very open to local music mm-hmm. and wanted to spotlight it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. They had some administration changes, but more than that, Bayside was going through a huge construction project. So we go there to shoot, and all we could hear was jackhammers going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then the Hard Rock Cafe uh, changed the way. They had things laid out, so we didn't really have a good place to film without being intrusive. Right, right. Because, you 
you know, one, setting up one band is one thing, but having five bands come in on the same day, and they're all running around, and there's all these all this different equipment here and here and there. You need a lot of space. Yes, yes. And we reached the point where there wasn't the space, and there wasn't the um, we I, we didn't have the relationship we had when we first started because the the people who were at the Hard Rock Cafe were so great they all got promoted. Mm. Leaving, so new people came in that just didn't really in my opinion, just didn't really have that um, vision right. that the ones that were there originally had. Mm-hmm. So you ended and, up moving closer to home because you're based out of Lake Worth, so now you shoot the videos on the Lake Worth Pier, which is a yeah, nicer view. County there, and one reason is because uh, the, the restaurant, Benny's on the beach that runs the pier, right, mm-hmm. is so easy to get along with and just let us go out there and film and there's never a problem and they just are happy to have us there and just gracious to let us do it so it works really well because um, it's hard enough to get five bands together you know on a certain day and have them all show up at the right time <laughs> and if you have problems with the venue where you got to be out at a certain hour Oh, that can really that can really hurt. You know, yeah, because you're always running behind schedule. Right, right. So, are you planning a fifth anniversary show? Because I know that you know uh, a few years ago you did a balcony TV music festival at Hard Rock. Right. I don't think we'll do a festival. Uh, we might do a special show. We're, we're talking about it right now. We're going to see how much staff we can get there, and. Um, I haven't really had talks with New York yet to find out exactly how they want us to play it or whether they even want us to. So, you know, we don't uh, know yet. I see. I see. Okay. But we'll probably do something. You know, we might do, so we might do a show and then at the end of the show, uh, you just cut the previous shows, highlights from previous shows and talk a little bit about uh, the five years. You know, we're talking about 250 acts, 250 shows. Right. That's quite a yeah, yeah, that's a lot of hours on on uh, on on the internet too. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, through a, a sitcom, maybe in syndication now, right? Yeah, of course, of course, and reaping thousands and thousands of uh, residual dollars. <laughs> right, right. Well, that'd be entirely different, right? Yeah. So. so you know, we've had you were bringing in single acts and then later on you, you brought full bands yeah and uh, all these people were great you know without without these artists we don't have a show right of course guys like you you're one of the most organized people I've ever met in my life well I appreciate I really that for how great you are at organization when when Kevin Johnson says I've got some people to put on your show they show up on time right <laughs> Yeah. Handed out bottles of water. Everybody's happy. Right. It's just great fun. I really appreciate you and the times you've been with us. Well, um, 
I always believe that things uh, should go smoothly. And due to the fact that, like you said before, none of us are getting rich out, out off of this. The least that I could do as a curator or mediator is to provide the people that are working, like yourself, like Ian, like um, Zach, who uh, hosts sometimes, the least that I could do is to provide you some type of amenities for the work that you put in, providing a platform for our local talent. And um, it's, 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 it's all about reciprocity. You know, you're providing not only a platform for the talent, but also a platform for the company, uh, Conundrum Stages. And just, just the way that you and Ian and Zach uh, kind of like form this cohesive unit. It's just like it's you on the camera, Ian on sound, Zach on the mic, and that's it. There's not a lot of other cameras. There's not a lot of other uh, sound equipment. You know, they get you have your mixer, and um, I, I I forget you don't you have this contraption. I forgot what it was called, but you have this contraption where you're like you have this harness. That you that you wear in order to shoot, can you explain a little bit about that? I just wear what's called a steady cam. Right? Okay. So the deal with the the rule of Falcon TV has always been that you don't use multiple cameras, you don't do cuts, you don't pan, and you don't you know use zoom lenses that go in and out. Mm -hmm. So that means you have a camera and you got to walk around and feature each guy as he's playing, right? Mm -hmm. But in order to make it go smooth, without a steady cam, it's very, very hard to do, because when you walk, the camera goes up and up and down. With the steady cam, it allows the camera to float a little bit, so it's a smoother shot, yeah? Mm -hmm. So basically what you're doing is you're using the steady cam, like they do this, you know, you'll see this on TV all the time now, they use steady cams more than they ever have. Handheld is really big on everything from CSI to whatever show you want to watch, right? Mm -hmm. So that, um, so that it, it flows so smoothly and you use a camera so it's almost like three cameras. You'll have a wide shot, you walk in, you'll focus on the guy, um, you know, do the, the torso up and just playing guitar. And then he goes into a, um, uh, a solo camera goes down and, and hits him on the you know, his fingers strumming the guitar or doing up and down the keyboard or whether it's a violinist or a, a bassist or a lead guitar player or a piano player an organ player a trumpeter or whatever it might be hmm okay and um what has what was the largest band that you filmed like how many pieces you know we haven't done a really big one I've wanted to uh, but it, it's always been a problem for everybody to get there during right. daylight hours yeah yeah there was a one band I was going to do in Miami and I don't think they're around anymore but they were starting out and it was, it was this band that had they were like an international band where every every member was from a different country mm -hmm. which was, I thought was great fun and I just, we just couldn't schedule it at a time where they could all be there. Right? That's when we were filming down in Miami. Mm. A little bit easier now that we're up in, you know, filming the Miami show actually in Palm because 
the indie scene is not Dade County. Okay. The indie scene is basically Broward and North. And that's all about demographics. Right. You know? uh, Miami has a huge Caribbean Latin population. And what they like in music is different than, than indie music, which is uh, music that the artists write themselves. Mm-hmm. Like it's homegrown music, whereas the, a lot of the bands that play the salsa music and the other type of music that's big in Miami are playing covers, and they don't have any original songs. Wow. And I've had a few groups we wanted to put on, but they, they didn't have any music they wrote themselves. And right. unless they have the copyright to their music, we can't sell them. Because, of course, it's all about original music. Not, so nothing can be published? Okay, okay. The copyright to the music. So so that eliminates a lot of the Miami music that we might do. Mm-hmm. Because those, I mean, in, in Dade County, because a lot of those bands are, you know like those great bands you see in Calla Ocho? Yeah. Uh, those Cuban bands? Right. Yeah, you know, they're really high energy, they're really great stuff, but the, most of them uh, rarely write a song of their own. Mm-hmm. Playing their songs, they're playing songs from Cuba. Ah, interesting. And so the, the indie scene, not only because of that, but because of in in Dade County, uh, the Latin population prefers dance music and DJ. Right. When you go to a restaurant or a venue, there they they prefer to a DJ they can dance to. They don't want to hear someone writing, singing, writing their own music for those parts. Hmm. Still, some great clubs. You know, it's a shame Tobacco Road's gone, but places like that were in, in Dade County where you could play original music. But we don't really have that as much. Whereas, like, you might have uh, 50 to 60 venues in, my, in Dade County where you can play, you can play music, yeah. right? Where they have bars and so forth, you play music. In Palm Beach County, which is half the size of Miami, you've got uh, close to two, 250 almost five times the number of venues in that small county that you have in Miami itself, Bay County. Right. Quite a few in, in, in Broward as well, but as you go north, it expands uh, for some reason. And I think it's, it's all about demographics. Right. right. Uh, right. If you're in a Latin bar, they want to hear DJ, they want to hear dance music. If you're in a, a bar north, going north, um, um, they like you know they like to have live music, even though even though a lot of it's cover music, right? So what bands try to do, as you know, is they'll have to play a lot of covers and try to squeeze in in between yes. their own songs. You know? Right. Like they might do a by. Whatever artist is popular at the moment, and then saying, "Here's the song that we wrote," and try of to squeeze these in. Because so, they have to, uh, they have to, they have to cater to the populace. They have to cater to things that are familiar to people. And then, of course, you go to the coffee shops, to cafes. It's acoustic music because of the intimacy. Right. right. Mm. So uh, you still have bars like Churchill's and Las Rosas in, in Dade County, 
and on bars like uh, uh, the Funky Buddha, which has changed its name now. Yeah. And um, propaganda and respectables in West Palm Beach that are all um, homegrown music, where it's not it's not cover music. Right. But the majority of your fans are going to have to play some covers to stay in business. Of course. And clubs will have different rules. Some say that you can play 10% covers. Some let them play, I mean, 10% original. Some will say 25%. Some say, well, half of the stuff needs to be cover. It just depends on the venue. Now, also, you not only spotlight independent musicians from... Uh, who are based here in Southeast Florida, but sometimes you have to answer to the parent company and bring in in indie musicians that are on tour. Like I remember there was this guy, uh, he was from the Midwest. He was a Midwest rapper called Red Pill. So he was on tour. Yeah, Detroit, yes. Yeah, they were hoping he might be the new Eminem. Uh Uh-huh. Worked out that way yet. There's a, a big, heavy-set guy with red hair called Red Pill. Right? Yes. I think he's changed his name now. Oh, really? Okay. But how does that... Red Pill was confusing to people. Right. But how does that come into play where, of course, I suppose the parent company has someone that you... Um, they want to spotlight and they they have to give it to you? I'll get an email that says, hey, we have an artist that's going to be in Miami that we're promoting. Do you think you can get him on the show? And of course, if we can get him on the show, we will. It's nice to have somebody different that's on tour nationally mm-hmm. to come in. But who knows who, who they might be later on? You know, it's uh, fun to film somebody that, that might later on be a, a Grammy winner. Right, right, right. So outside of Balcony TV... I, I hate to sound corny, but what what other things do you do? What other do you have any other side projects? Do you work full time? Because I'm sure that this is not your only profession. Yeah, yeah, we, we film other other music things um, independently, some sessions and so forth. We were doing we were doing one for a company called Rock and Roll Tequila for a while. Okay which was a tequila company. I think Dan Marino's a stakeholder in that company. And they were just trying to spotlight local music. So we did some, we did some work for them. And then there was a, there's a music school in uh, Del Rey that we did sessions for, for quite a while. And I haven't this summer because they don't do as much uh, school stuff in the summer. So I don't know if we're going to kick up again or not. I haven't heard. And then, you know, they, you know, one-offs here and there, music videos for different people. Okay, okay. But uh, well, one thing I'm surprised about is that we haven't had more uh, hip-hop artists on mm-hmm. the show. Right. Uh, as you know, you know, who's winning the Grammys these days? Hip-hop. Of course. Who's getting in, in, in uh, advertisements and in movies and, and in um, uh, TV shows? Hip-hop. Well, I know uh, a while back that most of the music had to be live, unless, yeah, of course... Still, we still let people do loops. Okay. And, uh, other, yeah, and backing tracks. We let them do that as long as they wrote the music themselves. Right. So how is that set up? Do they have to bring their phone instead of a... Because I'm sure that, you know, they can't well, pay for a DJ. They'll have loop machines, and they'll, they'll start a loop, 
before they launch into the song. Okay. Or they'll um, have an apple. Like Red Pill had a, an apple, an apple with a with his backing tracks on it. He had a guy there running that for him. Okay. So most people that have recorded music, either they loop it themselves as they're on the set, or they have somebody else that's sort of like their engineer mm-hmm. that will that will manage that while they're uh, while they're singing. But we haven't had a real lot, and I'm I'm just I'm sort of surprised. I think one reason is that where do hip hop artists get to play? Mm-hmm. You know, bars and restaurants don't have hip hop artists come in and do sets for the most part. Unless it's very very underground. Like for instance, there was a venue I remember called the Stage, uh, which was in Midtown Miami. And what would happen is that a a vintage act, you might say, like a, a Rakim, uh, who was known in the 80s and 90s, would come down and perform a set. But then in order for to bring in acts like local acts, the local acts would have to sell tickets in order to be seen, in order to perform. So... I know that they were doing that for quite a while, and then, unfortunately, the stage closed. But there are a few places. They're very, they're very small, hole in the wall type of places. They're not yeah, like the church, very, right? There's not money for them. Right, right. Of course. And I think one reason, you know, when you go to a bar and a restaurant, you're supposed to play cover music for the most part. Mm-hmm. Well, bands don't do cover. They don't go in and say, "Hey." Here's an old throwback to MC Hammer, you know? Right. Do that. Right, right. Hip hop, pure, pure, purest hip hop uh, frowns deeply upon um, if you're not writing your own lyrics, then it's not, then it's not authentic. So you won't necessarily see a lot of, you'll never, never see a lot of hip hop cover bands. No, there's no sense. That probably is someplace, but yeah, you don't see them. Right. Like I said, it's like, it'd be like a comedian telling somebody else's jokes. Exactly. Uh, it's, you, you crash your reputation real fast if you're going to do that. Right. It's extremely taboo to do that. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's a shame that there's not more places for them to play. Apparently, uh, they can in other cities, but it's not a big thing in Miami right now. Right. So. Right. Well, I know a couple of hip hop acts that you know I could definitely set up for you. Uh, it's 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 been a while. It's it's been a while since uh, we did like the seven act thing. I I, I promise I won't do that again. But <laughs> that was fine. It, was, it worked out really great that day. Actually, it, everything went smoother than it normally does. We had great weather. Mm-hmm. Right. I guess you're good luck, Kevin. I don't know. <laughs> um, but going back to like how many ent- like for instance, how many entries do you get a day of acts coming to you saying, "Hey, we would like to be spotlighted on the show." Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know per day. I haven't looked at it that way. But there's there's a constant stream of people. You know, there's more people that want to be on than we can film. Mm-hmm. So many bands in South Florida. I mean, we've done 
250 shows in five years, there's got to be 300 bands in South Florida. So at any one time, mm-hmm. and a lot of them come and go. A lot of people we filmed are no longer a band or they've moved on. The band changed names or the players went someplace else or formed a new band. There's always new bands being formed all the time. Always new single artists that are coming. Uh, you know, every year uh, kids graduate from uh, Florida International University and they end up playing music. Right, right. I know, like the university. Yeah, there's a crop of people coming up all the time. Yeah, yeah. I know that uh, the University of Miami, um, we had. They have a, a singer-songwriter program. They have a songwriter program. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so they have like a bumper crop of solo acts that come through that program. Um, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. Um, so when you when you're fielding all these entries, what are the main things that you look for that say like, well, hey? Well, first thing we we want to, we want to hear the music and, and see if it sounds like it's professionally done, right? Of course. We want to hear people singing on key. Mm-hmm. The people that care enough to write a decent song and work hard, you know. Songwriting is a craft, and there's a lot of lazy songwriters that think just a nice tune is enough, and it's not. Mm-hmm. You listen to any of the music that hits the Billboard charts, and all that music is very complicated. It's very complex. It may seem you might only remember the words, it's all about that bass, all about that bass. But if you listen to that song, all the stuff that goes on in that, in that song, right, it's very complex. That's mm-hmm. not an easy song. Mm-hmm. And there's, a, there's a lot of different musical sounds. There's a lot of different things that happen within that song. You take, that song takes you on a trip, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what a good song should do. It should take you someplace. It should take you down the road. It shouldn't just be background elevator music. Right. So, just to hear that, if, if you can, and that's really tough because that's just superb songwriting and you're not going to get, you know, even the song, uh, the song Happy by Pharrell Williams, right? Yeah. Listen to that song. Listen to all the stuff that goes on. It's catchy. But it's but it makes you feel good when you hear it. Yes. And once again, that song is complicated. It's not an easy song. Right. So if you, when you listen to it, you listen to listen to it from start to finish and all the different changes that happen within the song. Mm-hmm. Right? And a lot of people play one, they strum the guitar, there's no finger work on the fretboard, right? There's no solos going on. There's no change-ups. There's no changes in key, which is which is nice to hear. You know, when the artist can change keys, and the great ones always could. Sometimes they sing songs in actually three different keys, right? Now, when you're listening to it, you don't notice all that's going on sometimes. But that's what makes the song rich, right? Mm-hmm. That richness that, that you get from that tune, or all these different things that are Speaking of musical influences, like who uh, who do you listen to 
or what type of mu what type of music uh, do you listen to, or what bands do you, uh, do you follow? Oh, you know, I listen to I try to listen to new stuff when I can. There's not a lot that's knocking my socks off at the moment. Mm-hmm. When I mention that to the local bands that we film, they're saying that I'm just out of touch. <laughs> of <laughs> course. Just to wrap up, um, did you happen to know that five years that you that that you've been that you would be doing this for for a, a long period of time? No, I never thought that. Right? Not at all. Mm-hmm. You know, life happens quicker than you think. You know, it seems like just yesterday I was, uh, you know, trying to get the. Uh, Now that Ian is about to relocate, are you going to, I, I mean, do you happen to have a, uh, a, a, a long-term uh, sound person or? Yeah, there, there's some, yeah, there's a, there's a couple guys that are getting arrested. Um, I've done, I, I can do, I can do the audio myself. I can set up the microphones and do the mixing. It's just a lot of work for one person. I just don't think the quality it's going to be as good when you're trying to run the camera, then run over, you hit the record button, right. you know, do the sound check, run back, pick up the camera, film it, run back, hit record off. Yeah. Um, and even though I could have someone sit there and listen to it to make sure the levels are correct, mm-hmm. it's, it's still more difficult. It's nice to have a sound guy. Right. right? It, makes, it makes the whole process of doing the show more relaxed. You have people everybody has a certain job and you work as a team and a unit so you don't even have to talk to each other you can just look at each other and know what's going on right? mm-hmm. so and so now nice when you have a crew that's been together for a long time of course uh, you, you know you know what's going on right right away so um just to um say uh, once again, I, I really appreciate you providing a platform for not only me as a curator, but also for the performers uh, just to uh, expose the South Florida market or the Miami market. 
Um, what the like? So, listening to this, what does an act have to do, or what does the what what does what would an act have to do in order to be seen on balcony TV? What what well, type? All they have to do really is just uh, email us. Okay. Right? Okay. Through the Balcony TV Miami page. Okay. It's a Facebook. And uh, just say, hey, this is our band. Here's some links to our music. Can we get on the show? And uh, we can get back to them. Uh, for the most part, um, a lot of times a band gets on the show not because they're better than another band, but because they're available on the day we're shooting. And are willing to and are willing to do whatever they can to get there. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's life in general. Right. The people that work hard to make it happen. You know sometimes you're not the best, mm-hmm. but you're so anxious to get on the show and make it happen that you you say no matter what we're going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know that that's like anything in life. Right. Right. People that work hard are the ones who succeed sometimes, even when their talent is not as good as somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Now, doesn't mean they're not going to be better later on. But in the initial stages, sometimes they might not be as good. But because they have that work ethic and that willingness to move mountains to make it happen is going to carry over later on. And you're going to see them be a lot better musicians as time goes on. And I don't mind filming stories that's not all the way there yet. It's, it sounds like they're on the way. Right. Right. Because right. we're, watch, we're watching music history happen, and we're watching a career unfold. And that's fun, too. Yes. Well, Byron, I'd like to thank you very much for taking the time out to speak with me. And to learn more about Balcony TV, you can go to balconytv.com. And you can click on uh, different markets for Balcony TV Miami. It would be balconytv.com forward slash Miami. And you can see all the different videos from all the different acts that are on there. So once again, thank you, Byron, for um, speaking with me. And, um, you know, look forward to working with you again sometime. <laughs> I will. I will. So once again, this was episode nine of the Kevin Johnson program. And we'd like to thank you very much for listening. And we will see you at the next episode. Take care.